and he keeps telling me to come up and say stuff and I just let it keep going and keep going and then he keeps just, just saying go up and say stuff and gives me stuff to say so um, you know he's everything and, and I'll start there that we keep crying out that he is everything he is everything you know I know his ears are open and he's listening and he's smiling down but some of you need to hear this morning to him you're everything so you can try to cry out to him and love him as much as you want. But he's like, you need to receive the love I've already given you. Like, understand how much you mean to him. That's the important part of this, is that he loves you that much. And it's easy to sit up here and worship and worship and worship and say, I love you. I love you. I love you. But man, it is hard to just receive that back from him when he's saying, but I love you and I love you and I love you and I love you. And he'll say it over and over and over and over again. And some of you won't receive it. So if you're sitting here, I just believe someone needs to hear that this morning, that he loves you. And when you understand how much he loves you and you start getting saturated in that love, it's easier to worship him. But see, we, we love to worship him. It says we're going to worship him. We're going to worship him. And in, we're in Romans 12. We've been talking about Romans 12. And I, I don't have my, my Bibles there, but I'm not going to pull it out because, you know, you should memorize verses. I'm not that good at that. So you guys just don't follow my footsteps. But I believe in there it says... True worship, right? True worship is your life being a living sacrifice. So true worship is your life being, not up here crying out to him, not up here saying, we love you. That's important. Like he loves that. I'm, I'm sorry. He's up there saying, I love you back. Sometimes I think he beats us to it, right? But, but true worship is, is our lives being a living sacrifice. That means dying to yourself. <laughs> and living for him a living sacrifice which means you're here so how do you die to yourself and say lord just use me like in obedience i can go right in obedience like he tells you to do stuff because he wants you to go love people you might be the closest thing to jesus somebody ever meets so how do you want them to see your god if you're it if you're it if you're the closest thing they ever see, are they saying he was loving and he's joyful and he wept with me and he held me in his arms and he loved me through a hard time and he comforted me? Or are they going to say, man, that person didn't even look at me and that's supposed to be Jesus? Man, it's easy to love him, but man, you need to go get so saturated in his love that it pours out of you. It drips off you on people all around you. Oh, come on. So maybe you need to check yourself today. Maybe you just need to sit there for a moment. Some of us, we're going to say, look, there's no rules in here about worship. Sit there and worship all you want. Stand and worship all you want. Jump up and down. Come up here and lay down. But some of you need to check yourself. Look in the mirror. I'm talking about this last week. And really just try to figure out where am I? Do you look like him? 
Do you talk like him? Do you walk like him? And if not, sit there and just ask him to come in and start moving in your heart. He'll show you the one I know, man, he loves. So I want to go back into whatever. You'll figure it out. That's why you're up there. I just want to worship him. We're going to worship him, but I want you, if you got to sit there and just go, come on, fill me up. Remind me of the love you had the first time I saw your face. I just want you to get into that right now. Get into that spot right now. Because that's what's supposed to come out of you. It's easy to come in here and do this with people we love that we call family. It's easy to do this. You got to get outside these doors and go love people. Mm. So can we sit there and just do whatever you want to do? And, and come on, love on him. Let him love on you. Mm. Understand you're a son and a daughter. He loves you that much. Mm. You need to receive that in your heart. That he loves you. Yeah, I think that's what I had to say. Go ahead.
Coming after me 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. See, some of you think that. You, you think you're going to run from him. Like, like he pricked you a little bit. And you felt something, but you said, I'm going to run. You know what he's saying? Where are we going? He's right there. He goes, where are we going for a run? We're going to go run together? And you're like, no, no, no. I'm trying to go away from you. He's like, no, you can't. Because I'm going to run with you as far as you go. And I'm still right next to you. There's nothing you can do that can separate you from his love. He goes, I'll be right there beside you. I'll be running with it. I'll go down the deepest, darkest alleys. I'll be right there. And all you got to do is receive it. All you got to do is receive it. doesn't matter what you've been through, what you're going through. None of that matters to him. Because it's all brand new when you're with him. It's a, you're just new. Completely changed. None of that matters. He loves you that much. Mm. You know, you're called a son and daughter. They say you adopt you in, but you're actually grafted into the DNA. I mean, the DNA is in you. Right? So how, it's not the, the term adoption we all think about where you just go join a family and you're part of that. No, he says, my DNA is in you. Yes. <laughs> I'm already part of you. Quit running from me. Just accept the fact that we're related. I, look, you can run from family members. I'm just letting you know. We all got family members you want to run from. But he says, you can't run from me. I, you can't get, like, you, you know that we're born in the family, but we choose other people. He says, look, you're, like, you're born into my family. You can't get away from me. Quit trying. Just accept the fact that I love you. Allow that to saturate your heart. And then go love other people the way I love you. I mean, ah, I got to quit talking. some of you just need to hear that this morning you need to receive it this morning just receive his love this morning and that's hard some people don't even know what it feels like to have a hug that kind of hug where there's a transfer of love and he just wants to hug you this morning so father come on saturate this house right now let your love come down upon this place. Love every person. Touch every heart, every mind in this house. Start to change the way we think about who you are. Hmm. You're, we know you're not this almighty God we can't touch. You're, you're somebody who wants to wrap your arms around us. So, Father, just prove that this morning and come on and love on everybody in here. Hmm. Continue to move in this place. Come on, Holy Ghost. Oh, we love you, 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 we love you. And we surrender everything to you. Have your way in this house. Have your way this morning. Have your way in everything we do. We just love you. We surrender it to you right now. There's a need for healing, heal. <laughs> if there's a need for restoration, restore. Mm. 
Come on, Lord. But it all starts with love. So have your way. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody said amen and amen. Come on. Come on, let's give them one more shout this morning. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them how much you love them. <laughs> Come on, give them what a king deserves in the house. Tell them how much you love them. Yeah. All right, now's where it gets good. Uh, take about 10 minutes. Go find somebody you don't know or somebody you ain't seen in a while. Love on them. Use the restroom. Get some coffee. Do something. We'll be right back.
Hey, family and fellowship is more important than a lot of things. So um, that's important. Hey, Kev. Kev's holding the door. I think he's welcoming people in. See, you guys are the obedient. I love you guys. Those ones I'm working on. We, we got a lot of work. We're going to be praying for everybody out in the foyer still. But you guys I love. You guys are simple. We got to work on them a little bit. We got to work on them a little bit. Oh. Ken, was that you? You can't be out there like loving on everybody all day. Come on, man. It's always leadership. <laughs> Come on, good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> well, good morning. No, it's a good morning. <laughs> hey, there we go. That's much better. Yeah, come on. Well, good to have everybody here. We love you guys. Thanks for coming out and being with the family. Uh, we do. We just absolutely love it here. If you are uh, uh, new here, welcome to the gathering place. Uh, I'm DJ. This is my wonderful, beautiful wife, Jules. Um, she has all the answers and knows everything. So go to her. <laughs> I love her. I wouldn't want to do this without you guys are awesome, but we love you guys. We're excited about what God's doing. What a good morning. Isn't it been good? Come on. Hopefully you're just kind of receiving that this morning. It's been good. It's been a powerful, powerful weekend, but really good. So if you are new here uh, and you're interested in who we are, do me a favor, fill out the connect card, just a, a simple way. You can do that online on our website, or you can go out to the, the wooden desk in the foyer. There's a connect card out there. Fill that out. Just all we want to do is pray for you. That's it. We want to pray for you and see if there's any, any questions you have. That's how that works. We're not going to hassle you and beat you down and all that good stuff, but fill that out. If you don't do that, we don't know you were here. I can't reach out to you and just talk to you. So please take the time to do that. Um, if you want to know more about us, you can look at all the information up there. We got, you know, apps and, and Facebook and, and websites, so you can get all that stuff. Take a look at it. Uh, I do want to cover a couple quick things. Uh, we are in, uh, we have our kingdom classes, which are absolutely awesome every Sunday at nine o'clock. So today uh, we started our setting goals part one with Sonny. Where yes, Sonny, come on. How was it? Was it good? Come on. I'm excited about this. So it's vision, setting goals, and then next week is going to be part two, implementation. So look, it's good to know something, but if you don't apply it, then we're in trouble, right? So so let's get information and let's apply it. It's going to be really good. Uh, and then January 29th, we've got the prayer toolbox with Jeff and Pam. So that'll that'll be really exciting. Uh, I, I love how they teach that. I love what they do. So that's just something for you. This is stuff that we don't always teach from up here because we just follow the Holy Ghost and we teach what he wants, but it's stuff that's important. It's stuff that builds a foundation. So get here at nine o'clock over in the annex, get filled up every morning. It's really good. Uh, we have our, some events coming up. Uh, we have our, uh, what's it, this Friday, right? We have our hoedown throwdown. Come on. Who's excited about this? You guys don't understand. Like this is going to be fun. We want to celebrate the year. We want to celebrate the year. So what that means is come dressed out in your favorite Western attire. I know y'all got some. Right, bring that out. We're gonna have a good. We're gonna celebrate. We actually look. I'm not gonna try to spoil all the fun, but we got a mechanical bowl, y'all. Yeah. And if you think you're good, we're gonna see. We're gonna put you on that thing and see how long you can hang on. Eight seconds is a lot longer than you think. I'm just telling you. But what an opportunity. Here's the thing. We're gonna feed you, but we want you. We got. We're gonna bring. We're gonna have the meat and stuff. But we want everybody to bring like your sides, your favorite dish. This is a family, so. 
bring something. It's potluck, but we're going to provide some meat. So we should have some pulled pork and stuff like that. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of stuff. We're going to have a dance floor. Open mics. <laughs> no, nah, it's going to be really. Here's the thing, though. You have to register. Please register. We're trying to do this. We got to know how many seats, how many tables. If you don't register, we don't know what to do. And then you show up and you're sitting on the floor. I want you to sit on the floor. I want you to have a nice spot to sit. And we want to have some fun. So, we, you know, this is just celebrating as a family. I want to talk about, you know, we'll talk real quick about what God's been doing. But we just want to celebrate everything God's done in us and through us to reach the community, to reach the world. It's been absolutely amazing this year. And it's because of you. It's because of, of you guys. You guys give. You guys serve. You guys do it all. So it comes through you. And why not celebrate that? Well, why not, why not just go look back through a year and say, man, this was really good. Look what God did because you said yes. So you don't, don't lose track of that. You say yes, and God does amazing things, and we get to celebrate that. So that's this coming Friday. No child care. That doesn't mean that you can bring your kid and just hang on to them. I'm just being real. This is family. I can be real. So this is students and above. So our uh, gathering place students and above. This is, uh, you know, sixth grade and up because they do serve. If you haven't been here, they run Sundays. We have Sundays where they do the entire worship. They preach. They serve. They do it all. Um, so we're going to celebrate them and their serving. But here's the thing. We, the people that usually watch all the kids, they serve all the time. And they don't get to come in here and receive all the time. So we're not going to burden them. What we want you guys to do is please find your own child care for the younger kids, and, and we'll go from there. Okay, everybody got that? It's just because it's not because we don't love your kids. I love your kids. It's just because we also love you, and maybe you need some time without them. That's right. Now we're getting some feedback. I like it when you, hallelujah, time without the kids. Let's go. But don't forget, it's one night. Like, don't do this the whole weekend. <laughs> Oof. Come on. The 26th, this is another, it's a food drop on the 26th Welcome Center. Uh, this is early in the morning on a Thursday. So if you're not doing anything on a Thursday morning, show up down there. It's an awesome opportunity. We get to feed the city uh, of Millbrook, and it's amazing. They have food trucks that come in. We actually build it. We team up with the Welcome Center. We don't have a food pantry, but the Welcome Center does an absolutely amazing job. We support them. We get to go down there, help load up cars, do amazing things, pray for people. This this time, what we're going to run on the 26th, we're going to have coffee and donuts and hot chocolate and walk around and there's usually like several hundred cars and we're just going to pray for people y'all and love on them so while they're waiting in line then we're going to go hand them stuff so come on out uh join the team we're going to have some fun out there on the 28th is uh, a prayer breakfast so we want you to come on out on the 28th saturday morning once again bring some food to share it's breakfast it's worship it's prayer uh, but it's also, we're going to have a speaker. It's going to be good. Jeff and Pam Bush, they have all the information. Uh, raise your hand, Jeff, just in case they don't know you. There you go. So get with him. The Friday before that, that night before, there's going to be a prayer gathering here. Uh, so come on out. We're going to have worship and stuff. This is actually from 3 to 7. So you get off work early or maybe you're not working. Whatever it is, get here at 3. This is just a come and go. We're going to open the sanctuary to pray. Okay. And we're going to open this up to pray, come and go, and worry. stay the whole time if you want. It's only four hours. It's like an hour less than service. <laughs> Just kidding. 
But come on out. It's going to be a good time to hang out, uh, be with family, pray. Let's get this place ready. And the last thing, real quick, I just want to get this over with, uh, is our XO conference. This is huge. Come on. This is marriage conference right here, 24th, 25th. Look, marriage is so, so important to us. We, we pour into this. This is, this is so important that, that you sign up for this. You come out as a couple. This will bring, it doesn't matter. If you say we have the perfect marriage, come because you're going to learn something. And, and if you don't, but you're sitting next to somebody that needs a couple to pour into them, then guess what? You can pour into them. But this is so important. It's really good. This is hosted actually by Jimmy Evans, Jimmy and Karen Evans. They do a phenomenal job every year. So it's awesome to just come in and sit and receive. We always have a great time. Our students come out and serve and help us. But that, there is a registration for it. Go online and get all that information. All right. Um, before I turn, you know, get into service and move on, I just want to talk about, like, um, this has been a rough week. It's been a rough week for people in our church, a rough pe week for people in our community with the tornado coming through. Uh, we've had a lot of people, uh, a lot of our family affected. We've had people here community, you know, in the Marbury Pine Level area, Selma, um, other places that are all around there. Um, and, and there's places I don't even know yet because I haven't laid eyes on Target, but so much destruction and damage and all that stuff. And here's what we need to remember through this. God will use it all. I, I have watched people that wouldn't talk to their neighbors now loving on their neighbors. You understand? So there are people that are broken that they're getting comfort and people are coming up and loving on them and we're feeding them. So we've been out. There. There's a lot of people here that's been out in the community serving and helping. And, and that's what it's all about. Okay, but, but that's why I want you to know you're going to be comforted through this. And if you're, you're dealing with that right now, he loves you. But he's going to use all this. Okay, he can use all this. The loss, all that stuff, he can use it all. Right, he can use it all. And he can show his love through other people. So, look, I, I, I can go. I, there are so many people that volunteered. I do want to say, Alex, I, I love you, brother. He has a... Um, we have the Bread of Life food truck, and if you don't know, like, the, the story behind that, it's long, but, but he has donated a food truck, a food trailer that we get to take places, and, and it's called the Bread of Life, and we get to go out and just serve people. So we've been doing that randomly. We started it up this year, but man, I called Alex. I felt, you know, it was Friday morning. I just felt the Lord say, go get the, the food trailer, and I call up Alex, and I was, it was like Thursday night, I think, and then I call Alex, and he goes, I'll take off work and I'm coming. And then people showed up to help. He, he cooked well over, and he was cooking on the grill, and Cassandra was helping on the grill too, but they were cooking. They cooked well over 500 meals. We had people dropping off soup and pulled pork, and, and we became a hub. We were at the command center trying to help out everybody, so people were coming by and picking up. So we were loading. Then there were several people coming by that said, give us food, and we're going to go take it to people. I mean, it just turned into this revolving, and we were there, so people would just drive by and just drop off food. We're like, okay, <laughs> whatever, like, let, let's just run with it. So it was awesome. Everybody that volunteered, everybody that came out, you guys responded, real, like, just amazing. I love how we love. That's so important that people understand how we love. Um, so thank you. It's not over. Like, just because we responded in the first couple days doesn't mean it's over. So it has to be continued. We're not going to out there today. We're not going to be out there tomorrow. Uh, I don't know when we're going back out there. We've been invited to go to Selma. We've been, everybody heard, you know, people hear about the bread of life and they go, hey, can you come here? And we're like, well, and so you get tugged and pulled and, and it's hard to decide, you know, where to go and what to do. We just got to listen and pray about it. But it was funny because I told Alex, I said, you're tired. We're tired. Uh, should we shut down and not be there tomorrow and Monday? And we said, yeah, I think we should just take a break. And I felt the... 
you know, I felt the pressure of, man, what are these people going to do if we're not sitting out here feeding them? And then as soon as he pulls off, everybody leaves. Kevin calls me and says, hey, there was this lady out there, and he was driving back from Pensacola. There was a lady out there, and she said she has a food trailer, and she wants to know if we would give up our spot for Sunday and Monday. I was like, tell her that we're willing to, to, to let them use that spot uh, for the moment. But that's how good God is. He's like, look, just trust your heart, rest, take a break. Somebody else got it. So don't feel like if you didn't volunteer that you, you failed because he's got people. He's got everybody showing up. So you do what you can. For some of us, that's praying. For some of you, that'll be giving to even the Bread of Life ministry to make sure that can keep moving. Uh, some, some of it, you, you just, like I said, you can sit at home and pray. You, if you can't get boots on ground, that's okay. Don't feel bad. Like, we're a family. We get to do this. Thing. We get to do all this because of you anyway. You guys understand that? Because it's your heart. It's, your, it's what comes behind that. So thank you for that. I just know that it's been, uh, it's been amazing. It's been good to go out and pray with people and be with people. Um, but there'll be plenty of opportunities coming up. Uh, don't ask me for a plan. I have none. Sorry. <laughs> Wish I did. It's, it's just listen and go where we need to go and do what we need to do. And when he speaks to us, uh, we'll answer. So, um, so yeah, today is going to be an awesome day. Uh, it's been a, with that being said, like we've had a powerful weekend. Like we've been with company believers, brother Bo over there. We had a worship night and then we had a whole Saturday full of stuff. And then, uh, and then now we get to carry on to this. And because of brother Bo, I got to meet brother Dan, who's absolutely amazing. Um, we, we have got to share a little bit of time together, but I already know that I love you and I know that our hearts connect and I just love that, man. So it's so, so awesome to, to just spend time with you. And I'm excited about you pouring into the family. I think that's just huge. I know God always gives you the right word at the right time and you're obedient and that's just so amazing. So I love your heart. I love what he's doing in you and through you. And it's just an honor to have you here. So come on, can we can welcome Dan up? He's going to share with the family today. You. I got it. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my. Grab a seat. I thought you were your goal was to get me to cry before I got up here. <laughs> That's what they do at my home church when I show up because I'm not there much. I travel all the time, but I thought I thought they think their goal in life is to get me to cry before I preach. No, I, I felt the same way. I love your heart. Your countenance is amazing. You can look at people and see that they know Jesus and are filled with Jesus. It, it just shows in your countenance and your people person. Jesus is a people person. I want to commend you all. I'm not around tornadoes where I live. They don't hit. Uh, very sobering being here. It got me emotional. I, you look at it and you feel overwhelmed. You feel like, what can you do? And So to hear how you guys know to respond and how much love's going on and how much you all pitched in. And then when you pull that trail out, there's another group that's right there in the wings. For me to hear that, it's just like, wow. It's amazing, guys, because First Timothy 1.5, I preached it yesterday. I preach, sometimes I preach the, when I travel and, and I'm in front of new people who's never even heard my heart and doesn't even know, have a clue who I am. Let me see who you are. There's got to be a bunch of you. Okay, good. I call that fresh meat. <laughs> One pastor, where I happened, I was in a place and there's all these people, he said, buddy, you're going to be like a mosquito in a nudist colony. 
<laughs> and I said, I didn't even know you could say that in church. Like, I didn't know that was legal. I was like, what? <laughs> but then I got the concept. I just love the targets. <laughs> but, but no, I'm just having fun with y'all. Listen, listen, even if you heard me preaching, you listen to YouTube or whatever, it doesn't matter if you, if you hear the same thing. Paul said it's not tedious to write the same thing to you over and over. For you, it's a safeguard. Hebrews 2 says, take earnest heed of the things you've heard least they slip away. Peter took a whole chapter, 2 Peter 1. He wrote this whole chapter, and it's a very phenomenal, powerful chapter. I, I always start to think it's my favorite chapter, and then a bunch more bombard me, so I bet you know it's in my top 100. It's so good. And, and he, he writes this whole chapter about living Christ and what it means to, to live Christ and, and, and grow up into Him. And, and then at the end, he says, watch what he says. You know how people say, well, I want a fresh word. I want new man. I want, no, we got to become the word we heard. And then once we become the word we heard, we got to continue in that word. See, knowing isn't arriving. Knowledge can puff you up. And knowledge can take the place of your relationship with God. Knowledge can take the place of your identity through Christ. And all of a sudden you think to know is to grow. I've met people that know the Bible so much they can quote every, finish every scripture before you hardly start it. And some of them folks is the meanest people I've ever met. They use the Bible in a wrong way. Their knowledge has puffed them up. But love edifies. Mm. Peter said, I write these things to you even though you know them and are established in them. Okay, Peter, so what are you writing it for? He said, because I think it's safe to stir you by reminding. So what he was writing must be really important. And what he's saying is, don't you ever forget this thing. Don't just put it in a rear cabinet. Don't file it away. Live it. He said, and I'm going to make sure to keep reminding you of these things while I'm here. And even after my departure, my decease, 2 Peter chapter 1, it's in there. You can check it out. Even after my departure and my decease, I'm going to make sure you have a reminder of these things before you. I'm thinking, Peter, you've done an excellent job. I'm living in 2023, and I got 2 Peter 1. Ain't that something? So here's the deal. The goal of our instruction... First, First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.5. I preached this the other day somewhere. I've been in several places. I've been around. I just preach. I preach the gospel to myself. I, I preach the gospel to a tree if ain't nobody around. I'll be like, you're amazing. Yeah. You ought to wave your branches because he's good. You know, I just, I just going to preach. <laughs> I'm going to go through security today. I'm going to be sitting on a plane. Somebody going to hook a seatbelt beside me. I'm going to be ha, ha, ha. It's going to be good. And then they're going to make a big mistake and maybe ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> and I ain't going to lie. And you know what else? I don't have issues. I ain't all caught up and hung up and life ain't speaking louder than truth and all this stuff. I, I'm free. I got Jesus on the inside of me. I got something to give. Somebody go ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> Man, I'm glad you asked me. 
I've had so much fun on airplanes. I fly every weekend. It's just a blast. But I got something when I got saved. I realized I was living for myself. I realized I was so selfish. I actually, he said the same thing to me today. He said, I feel like I was the most terrible, worst husband that ever lived. I feel like I was the most selfish man that ever lived. It's okay for me to feel that way for a moment and take responsibility and get convicted and then look up to God and say, man, if you can do anything with me in light of this, if I'm willing to put this away, will you come and redeem me, restore me, forgive me? But I don't want to live this way anymore. It is such a zero in an empty cave. And God came and he took that all away like he said he would. And he said, I'll remember your lawless deeds no more. He forgives you and he cleanses you and he washes you. Nobody's teaching this when I'm growing up. They would say it ain't even right. But when I look at my Bible, he cleansed me. He washed me. He made me white as snow. Colossians says he sees me holy and blameless and above reproach. And I stood in that place and said, I'm never going to be the same. Here I am 27 years later. I, I was never a preacher. I'm not educated. I never asked to preach. I've never asked to preach. I pastored for eight and a half years. Never asked to pastor. I just lived Christ. And things happen and people get changed and healed and touched. And then they say, well, you're a pastor. I said, I'm a believer. They say, no, no, you're a pastor. I said, no, I'm a believer. I don't just go to church. I am her. I am her. And I'm going and I'm preaching the kingdom of God. And you say, the kingdom's here? Yeah. That hand means it's in within reach. You say, well, where is it? You're looking at it. It's in me. And I'm not ashamed to tell you that. And it's in you. If you believe, he said, don't you look here. Don't you look there. For the kingdom of God is in you. Yeah. I've been on airplanes. I'll tell people this stuff. I say, why don't you give me your hand? And we'll just see. I've, I've had so much fun in my life. That's why I'm aggressive. So I'm either a twisted man. I'm either lying and I'm looking for your temporal. Whoa. I'm telling you the truth. You'll have to figure that out. Time will tell. I'm having the time of my life. Why? Because I surrendered myself. I died to me. I didn't incorporate Jesus into my life. I didn't get saved for blessings, provision, protection, and heaven. I got saved so I could live the life he created me for. I got saved so I could have oneness with him and union with him and be in fellowship with him like he intended from the beginning. Come on, you better watch your motives. We preach this stuff. We preach so much self-serving gospel, we don't even realize it. We're just preaching blessing, protection, provision. So if somebody don't feel like they're getting blessing, protection, provision, they're disappointed, they're discouraged. Where's God been? Why are my prayers working? I thought he loved me. Why ain't he protecting me? Why ain't he taking care of me? He forgave you of everything you've ever done. He granted you eternal life, came to live in you by his spirit told you to walk in the light as he's in the light and walk in love and make peace and show mercy and live Christ. You telling me he didn't do nothing? See, we might be looking for the wrong thing. Self-centeredness might still be eating our lunch and we don't even realize it. So we incorporate God into our life in hopes of a better one instead of a new one. And you're never going to walk in a new one if you don't do this one thing, deny yourself and get real with yourself and realize you were never made for you. 
You were never made for you. You were made for his image. You were made for his likeness. You were made for his glory. He says, what is man? The psalmist is puzzled. What is man that thou art mindful of him? That you would consider him. That you would visit him. That you give him dominion over the works of your hand. What is this about man? He's your crowning creation and glory. You know what glory means very simply? We don't need a three-day conference. You could do one. Have at it. But let me help you and say three days. <laughs> the glory of God is any realized manifestation, awareness of who he is, his person. It's, it's who God is revealed. It's the glory of God. Any manifestation of God, any attribute of God is the glory of God revealed. When you're betrayed and you're selfless and you're living for Christ and you don't live betrayed and it don't become your story, a saga in a, in a, in a season in your life where all you talk about is what somebody did and how you need prayer. When you get betrayed and realize you can't be betrayed because your faith isn't in men and you don't trust people and your identity doesn't come from your circumstances, it comes from the one that lives inside of you and nobody owes you nothing and you owe no man anything but to love and that doesn't make you a doormat, that makes you like him. So when you're betrayed and you don't live betrayed, but you walk in the light and walk in love, that's the glory of God revealed. When you're done wrong and don't live done wrong, when you ain't trying to forgive, because that is unforgiveness. <laughs> See, that's our highest noble Christian gesture. Well, I'm trying to forgive. No, that's unforgiveness. And it means you have a grid for unforgiveness because you've been trained by it because it's self-centered. See, here's the deal, guys, and I'm not mad at you. I'm just intense about this because it's the deal right here. Like, we were made for his image and he is love. Man lost that image through sin and got separated from God, got cut off from the source of love, and man became in desperate need of love. So what was fulfilled became a vacuum. And the day you eat that tree, Adam, of the knowledge of good and evil is the day you'll surely die. Come on, we all know he ate the tree and didn't fall over dead. So something died. What died? The image. The image, the nature, the love. And all of a sudden, Adam got twisted and perverted and became a God unto himself and became self-centered, self-focused, self-protected, self-defending self-sufficient but empty and void of God he's naked he's ashamed he's hiding from the Lord who knows the story God asked him a yes and no question Adam how'd you know you were naked did you eat the tree that I forbid you to eat it's a yes or no question he couldn't answer he said it was the woman you gave me for she gave me to eat first effect of sin in your Bible pastor the very first manifestation of man's state after separation from God was self-centered, self-protecting, self-defending at the cost of whoever. But don't look at me. What's he saying to God? Watch. 
You've heard Christians talk like this, or at least people that attend church. Because Christian means little Christ-like one. This is what he said. If you wouldn't have gave me the woman, I probably wouldn't have ate the tree. Now, we all know we've lived like that at some level. We all know we've seen folks live like We know we're wrong. We still try to soft pedal. We still try to talk around. We still try to ease the guilt. Well, you know, I wouldn't have did it if they didn't. Yeah, but did you do it? Well, yeah, but only because. Am I telling the truth here? Where's it coming from? The wellspring of self-centeredness. Now we got a problem. We're separated from God as humanity. God said, let us make man in our... And in the likeness and image of God, he made them both male and female. Women, you are right in this thing with me. You ain't less than me. You ain't a step behind me. You are on the earth to manifest the image of God. And for generations, you've been quenched and squelched and pushed down and treated like all you're supposed to do is serve a man. No, you're supposed to live Jesus and manifest the love of God and be found in the image of God. And the reason you're our helpmate and the reason you make, the reason she makes him complete is because she's an outlet and avenue for God's love to manifest Christ. That's why he loves her like Christ loves the church. It's a mystery from the beginning. I'm going to get everything out in a little bit of time. I'm feeling that right now. I just might get on a roll. I didn't start yet. I'm getting there now. <laughs> no, it's real. It's real. Let's not get lulled to sleep. Let's not just turn this into benefits and blessings. Let's not just wait for what God's going to do for us when he's already done so much. Let's make sure we capitalize on and walk in what he's done. Come on, let's love not our own life unto death. Why? Because we ain't never going to die. We got a problem. We got Adam separated from God. He's blaming God. He's blaming his wife. He can't take responsibility. He can't just answer a yes or no question. He can't even come clean. He can't even just say, yeah, Lord, I, man, I blew it. That's why he's asking men everywhere to repent. Just to come clean. Just to take responsibility for what you did. And don't justify and blame it on somebody else and soft pedal the conviction. Don't say, well, I did it, but I wonder if they didn't know. Stop. Stop letting other people matter more than what matters most. We let the actions of people dictate how we are, how we're doing, and who we are when the actions of God is the truth about your identity. The cross, the finished work of Christ is the real you. You got to look there. You say, yeah, but brother, you don't know what I'm going through. See, you ain't even got your eyes on what he went through. You're still caught up in you, 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 me, me, me. And all of a sudden, the highest grace you can receive is that somebody seems to care about what you're going through, and then, and then you call that compassion. But how's that change you? How's that empower you? How's that cause you to shine? Right. See, you can compare yourselves among yourselves. Paul said it ain't wise. I always look to Jesus. You say, well, you don't understand what I'm going through. We don't know what it's been like. You ought to run that by Jesus. See if he's ever been done wrong. You know what he said when he wrote in Hebrews? They ain't sure. They said they ain't sure who wrote Hebrews. I don't care. It's so powerful. I just know the Holy Ghost wrote Hebrews. You don't have to put a man's name behind it. I just know the Holy Ghost wrote Hebrews. He said, you consider him. 
You, me, consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners. Lest you be weary and discouraged in your souls, for you have not yet resisted to bloodshed in your fight against sin. A lot of us don't even realize that we're in that place where we're living sanctified, set apart. We haven't resisted to bloodshed in our fight against sin. Paul's preaching righteousness, getting beat for it, shedding a lot of blood. Preaching sanctification and life in the Spirit. His culture was saying, you're a heretic, you're a blasphemer. Tearing his shirt, bending him over a post and whipping him till you're half dead. 39 stripes killed men. Look up history. 39 stripes killed a lot of men. And Paul took it three times. Got beat with rods five. Got stoned once and one shut up. He's either crazy or he sees something. See, your life's not your own. You've been bought with a price. It doesn't make you a slave like we know the term slave. It makes you a slave unto God, a slave to righteousness. In other words, his verdict over you is your option. I look up the word slave. It means chained and bound to do one's will. Ain't that something? So we say, I don't like the term slave. God is going to, I said, no, no, no. Listen, it's a good thing. It means you don't have any other option. You've come under the rule of one. He said, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. Why? A servant has no idea what his master's doing. He's just serving his master. But a friend knows. Ain't that something? I like you a lot, buddy. No, I really do. I see a beautiful future in front of you. I like you a lot. When I look in your eyes, I get excited when I look in your eyes. You keep that heart guarded, protected, and you walk close to Jesus from this young age all the way through. You watch how God uses your life. When I look at you, I get really excited. And I feel like God's got major beautiful plans for you. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you for the call of God on his life. I thank you, God, that you grant him wisdom beyond his years. And let the manifestation of God be undeniable through his life and his heart. Let him know you, not just know about you. Don't let him just be like people think he's just so good with the word. Let him manifest the word. Let him live the word. And let him know you like you can be known. Meet him and be with him in secret times and places. But God, establish his heart. Make it rock solid. And let everything I'm seeing about this big future come to pass in his life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here's the deal. Adam's in a different place than he was a minute ago. He's separated from the one that created him. He's separated from the source of love. He got a vacuum. He's in need of love. Now we got a real problem because Romans 5 says that and explains that every man that was ever born was born into Adam. That ain't a good place to be born into. And by sheer instinct, by sheer instinct, just walking in sin and living self-centered. Every man in this room, every woman and child, no matter how young, how old, you know this is true. You were born with no identity. You had no idea who you were. You had a family heritage. You had a last name. You had something. Some of us didn't know our parents. Some of us, but, 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 but we didn't have an identity. You, you, you didn't have any idea. You needed love, support, stability, and courage. You needed somebody to value you. If significant people in your life weren't showing you what you needed, then you had deficit and it began to cripple you in the soul. And by a very young age, most of us were nothing more than how we responded to how it unfolded. 
And then we think that's us and that becomes our story and we tell it all the time and then it becomes our justification for whatever we're living. And the answer isn't counsel. The answer isn't psychology. The answer isn't trying to think it through. And the, the answer is new life through Jesus Christ where old things are passed away and behold, all things are new. Why? Because you were born into Adam and you must be born again. We turn that in this American church into a prayer that takes me to heaven when I die instead of the new life lived that he paid for. Born again. A new creature in Christ. Oh, it's so good. Jesus said, this is why I'm passionate. Guys, I'm not saved 27 months. This zeal isn't because I'm a new believer. I've been saved 27 years walking with Jesus. I'm undone. He's real. He's amazing. He's powerful. He's with me. He's in my bedroom. He talks to me in the morning. He bears witness of me, of him in my life. He's just with me. I'm not boasting. I'm saying I'm, I'm convinced. I'm either, I'm either crazy or I'm on to something. You say, you're out of your mind. No, I'm probably out of yours. Because I ain't going to think so long that I talk myself out of truth and call that a gift and say, well, I'm just analytical. I'm a processor. You should have stopped that yesterday. Because let me show you what analytical is. Did God really say, come on, you ain't going to die. God just knows you eat the tree. You're going to, you're going to know, no, you'll be just like him. Hmm. 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 That's where analytical came from. Because until he spoke, they didn't know any other voice. Until he spoke, all they knew was God's voice. And now when he spoke, they had to consider another voice. And then Adam did something way worse. He heeded the voice of his wife when she wasn't speaking what he said. Instead of heeding him. So what happened? The serpent made a disciple and got the disciple to say what he was saying for him. So you see the war that's going on in the earth? Each seed after its own kind. You know them by their fruits. So God sent a seed and put him in the earth and he sprung up on the third day so he could bear much fruit. Each seed after his own kind. Firstborn among many brethren. Romans 8. Predestined to be conformed to his image. Who he predestined, he called. Who he called, he justified. Who he justified, he glorified. I don't want no glory. No, no, no. He glorified by filling you with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead so you can glorify him. Jesus said, glorify your son so your son can glorify you. Jesus said, follow me. You get it? This is good. I'm preaching good. No, I feel it, man. I'm happy. I feel so born again. This, this is 27 years. I'm not lacking passion. I'm not stirring it up. I didn't put on a preaching coat today. I just pour out my heart. 
I always feel like I'm, I'm calmer to you than I feel inside. I feel like I'm so I can communicate. No, I'm serious. Because I don't have issues. Self-centeredness is dead in my life. You can't tick me off, frustrate me. You ain't going to get me to judge you. I, because I know who you are. You might not have no clue who you are, but you're made for his image. And whether you know it or not, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. See, I get it. You ain't antagonizing me. You ain't getting on my nerves. I got new nerves. You ain't getting under my skin. I got new skin. No, I didn't wake up for you to love me today. I woke up to be like him. I woke up to follow Jesus. I don't need you. I love you. There's a difference. Some people have such an identity crisis, they just need to be needed. They live to be needed. You don't want nobody to need you. You want people to need him. But you're there for people. I hope that's making sense to your heart. It's called identity in Christ, security, strength. There's no vacuum anymore. Why? I gave up the biggest enemy in my life and it wasn't people. I gave up the biggest enemy in my life. It wasn't even the devil. It was me living for me when I'm created for his image. Because that's what the devil works with. He only works with what you give him. Jesus said, the ruler of this world cometh, he has nothing in me. He only works with what you give him. What, you think he's just going to roll in here right now and just roll me over like a Mack truck and kill me while I'm preaching to you? It ain't happening. No, no, I'm not being arrogant. I've talked like this for a long time. If I was, if I was piping off, I'd have been run over a long time ago. I'm not picking a fight. I'm telling you who I am and I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'm not being arrogant. He only can take what you give him. And if you give him an inch, he's going for a mile. Paul said, don't you be unaware of his devices and you give him no place. There's scripture that tells you the wicked one will touch him not because of where he's living his life. Sounds pretty amazing. Covenant and protected. Not picking a fight. I don't even talk to the devil. I ignore him. I don't talk to him. I don't bind you, devil. I rebuke you, devil. You ain't this and that. Nope. I talk to Jesus. He's a cut off withering branch coming to nothing. If you give him a platform, look what happens when you give somebody a microphone. No, no. You give somebody a microphone, they're going to manifest. Why do you give him a microphone? Why do you waste energy talking to one that's defeated, that has no chance of redemption? Live Christ. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee. It's one step. Submit to God is resisting. <sighs> so we're born again. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, not sing to me and pray to me when you're overwhelmed, follow me. I, well, I slipped that in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> he said, I need you to follow me. He said, but if you're going to follow me, there's something I need from you, sir. He said, I need you to deny yourself and then pick up your cross and come on. You know what he said? Why? Because every man was born into Adam, so the wellspring of our life, from the time we were little and can remember, from the time you have memory, the core of your being functioned from the wellspring of self-centeredness. It was all about you. That's why you could be hurt and angry without studying and practicing. 
That's why you'd be jealous and prideful, discouraged, fearful. It all hinges on self-centeredness. Every sin that any man, any person ever committed was committed from the wellspring of you thinking for you. All the fear, all the dread, all the despair, and all the things we've experienced emotionally are not from God. They're from Adam. They're hinged on self-centeredness. People say, well, God gave us emotions, not the ones you grew up with. Adam gave you those. The Bible says you yourself are to put off anger. It's not an order call. It's not a deliverance. It's a change of perspective that, man, I've been living for me. And then I allow people to fail me, and I have expectations. Some of them are secret and unspoken, but they're expected. And now I'm, and I'm on thin ice all the time because my well-being is decided on how people treat me and how life unfolds. And that's why we're on the run all the time when we don't understand the gospel. And that's why people are just going from prayer line to prayer line and in prayer and their countenance has fallen and they're not productive because they're finding their identity through life instead of the one that gives it. Are you all with me? All I'm talking about is Christianity. It's nothing new. It's been in the book the whole time. I just want to make sure you as a whole see it clear and that everything I say just falls on everything they're saying and just make something beautiful. Yeah? Because yeah? see this love thing, being, being love and good works and kind, it's, it's what it's all about. But the way you're going to stay consistent and do this thing from sincerity and for the long haul without running dry, without getting jaded, without getting hard after a while, without feeling like people don't appreciate your love and all that stuff gets slipped right back into me is if you just see this thing and see it clear and Peter said I'm just going to keep reminding you I'm just going to keep reminding you I'm just, you're living it you're walking in it but I'm talking about it you get it? and obviously there's always somebody that ain't living it and there's somebody that ain't never heard it so you still go and just preach it this is what born again is you put off the old you put on the new go to Colossians 3 with me would you? might as well open the Bible I quoted a bunch of it. We ought to just read it. You can carry your sword in your heart. You know that. I go through TSA. I got my Bible. This is my Bible. I got my Bible in my suitcase. Every once in a while, that flag, they'll see my Bible and they'll wonder what it is. They'll pull it off and they got to check my bag. It's so funny. I mess with TSA. They say like, uh, sir, you have any sharp objects? And I say, whoo, right on top. You be careful. That There's a sword. <laughs> I said, you be careful. That thing will cut you. The one lady, she was, we were talking and said a few things and she kind of liked the way I said something. She said, I, I like you. You're right. And I said, oh, she said, not everybody's like social like that. And I said, oh, and actually TSA isn't a lot of times. They're real official. But she was, and she said, and then she pulled me aside. And she said, we got to check this. They said, something showed up. They don't know what it is. I said, Can she said anything sharp. I said, oh, right on top, honey, be careful. She said, what? What do you got? I said, it's a sword. It's right. She said, you better not have a sword in there. I said, oh, honey, I got a sword in there. She said, you better not. That's no, you can't. I said, it'll cut you. Be careful. She opened and went, oh. No. oh. <laughs> All my life growing up, my mom took me to several different churches to try to keep me inspired. <laughs> I'm up early. I was a different kind of child. Today's youngsters seem to want to sleep till 11 in the morning. I was up before the sun was up. 
was out, I'm riding my bike, I'm taking a walk in the woods, I've got my fishing rods heading over to the little creek. And I was just always up. I was up before anybody in my house. And then Sunday morning, I'm laying there. And mom's like, don't even mess with me, boy. Just get out of bed. Let's not even go through this. Just get up. And I'll be like, huh? What? Oh, it's terrible. And I act like I'm sleeping. And she said, boy, you better get up. Well, I'm just sleepy. You ain't never in bed at this time. It's only Sunday morning. Get up. But she's trying to keep me. See, mom thought her responsibility is to make sure her son grew up in church. But a parent's greater responsibility is to make sure your son and daughter grows up in Christ. Because honestly, you don't even realize this isn't condemning. It's just sobering. If you think the main thing is, hey, I got to get my, my babies are growing up in church. I got to get to church. We got to get to church. But then you ain't living Christ outside of church without even saying it. You're inadvertently, because kids are smart. They, they learn by things. They're, you're inadvertently teaching them that Christianity is church attendance. Are you with me? No, oh, it's time for them to see Christ. And what an honor. My children could grow up and see Christ in me, the best understanding the way grace is working through my life through faith and that God would want to reveal himself in his glory and his majesty through my own life that you said it, Pastor. I didn't want you to shut up, man. You were like, I need to quit. And I was like, no, this is so good. Like when you were talking, it was so good. And you said, you know, you're the Jesus that they see. You might be the only Jesus they see. So what do they see? See, now that ain't something you can project. That ain't something you out there trying to put on. That's something you're alone with him becoming. Yeah. You don't do it, you be it. Yeah. Christianity is being to do, not doing to be. That's legalism. That's the law. That's weird. Don't get caught in it. It's dry and dead. You'll take tests that God never put on your desk. You'll grade your scores. That'll be your identity. No, no, no. You become. Be what? Be righteous, be accepted, be forgiven, be clean, be holy, be unblameable. You got to be what he said, what he paid for. You got to start where he finished or you'll try to fight something he already won. My fight isn't against sin. Jesus did that. My fight is the good fight of faith. Continuing to believe what he paid for and who I am now that he's here. That's my fight. My fight ain't people. My fight ain't with the church, with pastors, with hypocrites, with insincere believers. My, my fight is always faith to never stop believing what I see through him and don't let anything change my mind so I always live from the power of that place. That's why you can't shake what you see in me. There's, there's nobody in here. You're not going to change this. You're either not going to like it, you're going to criticize it, or you're going to get it. But you can't change it. Because I didn't wake up to get anything from you today. I'm fulfilled in Christ. I can't, I'm not even looking for my dad. I don't need you to appreciate me for me to feel good about myself. Somebody go, my brother, you're so awesome. And you heard him. Excuse me, what'd you say? You're awesome. You just wanted to hear it again. You're like, mm, mm. No, that's weird. You're not living for accolade. You're not living for appreciation, approval. You have approval. You're looking unto Him. 
We, our whole life, we've needed affirmation. We've needed the right people to like us. We wanted to fit in. We were insecure, low esteem. We were unsettled. Why? Because we were self-centered and self-focused. And it was all about me. The insecurity is incredible that you find among believers. The low esteem among believers. So I'm saying, okay, so we're just not believing the right thing. All we've been taught is pray this prayer so you can go to heaven. You never know if you're going to die. (laughs) It's not the gospel. I'm not praying a prayer to go to heaven. I'm praying a prayer to become what he created me to be and what he paid for me to be restored to. I want new life through Jesus Christ, not a confession of heaven when I die. It's all I ever heard growing up. I'm a sinner. I'm messed up. You ought to be glad he considers you. You need to receive him and accept him. You need to pray this prayer. You need to get baptized so that when you die, at least you go into heaven. You're always still going to sin. You're still going to mess all up. But God's going to love you. God's going to forgive you because he's incredible. And I'm a child. I'm like, oh, I don't even, God, I don't even know he. I mean, I believe what you're saying. Touch my heart as far as Jesus. I always believed that Jesus was real and he died on the cross. But but why do you love me and why do you want me in heaven when you feel so far away now and I don't even know you now and you want me in heaven forever and you're going to pay the price of your life to pay the ticket for me to go to heaven? <coughs> and it was like, people would say, yeah, because he loves you. No, 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 that never changed my life. I never saw his first love. I just had 20 questions. But in this gospel, I see his first love because here's what I see. While I'm living what I'm living, why my past is marking me. Why all these circumstances are fashioning me and molding me. I got the great potter that says, man, one day you're going to be in my hand and I'm going to make you wet. But I ain't losing sight of you. I know what you're here for, boy. I know what I created you for. I know what you'll look like when I'm in you and you're surrendered. My love ain't never failing. You can walk off the deep end of the earth and I'll see you for your purpose. I'll see you for potential because I love you. (laughs) What you do? draws me back to him. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Why? Why would Jesus do that for us, guys? Some of us have stories, man. Some of us ran hard, but he's right beside you. He's like, what, you want to take a run? I love that. I might use that sometime, man. Don't copyright that. I might use that sometime. <clears throat> Are you all with me this morning? Here's what you want to do. We're going to read this. What time is it? I don't even know where clock is. Woo! Uh-oh. That's late. Do you understand why we gather on Sunday? I love those classes and all that stuff you're making available because you're developing community and you're teaching other stuff that maybe you don't cover like you said on a Sunday. Guess what Sunday should be? I really believe I pastor for eight and a half years. I travel for a long time. Sunday should be like cheer you on time to stir you in love and good works keep you focused stay sharp keep the edge sharp make sure that we look around and realize we ain't the only one believing this there's an army this 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 region has a community of people that are believing the same thing that are committed to this thing and we might feel like we ain't walking it out perfectly but man we heading somewhere and we on a mission and Sunday morning should just be a cheering section to stir you up, sharpen you up, get that edge sharp, and stir you in love and good works. Why? Because you only come here, but you live there. So there's a great marriage. There's a great marriage between coming and going. 
So you come to be empowered to go in a legitimate way where your life matters and has influence and marks hearts and stores treasures in heaven. Are you with me? It ain't about, well, that's my church. Man, I just love pastor, his smile. Oh, worship is so amazing. I get caught up. Woo, I just, I, I'm going to be in that church for the rest of my life. Now, I'm not saying all that's bad, but it's not healthy if it's not connected with a vision for going. Because yeah. then this just becomes a safe haven. Now you out in the world getting all drained and dry and you miserable and you don't even want to leave your church building. Now you're asking the pastor if you can set up a bunk in the corner because there's peace here. <laughs> No, no, no. Any pastor that understands, he ain't just trying. He wants to have amazing church, but he ain't just trying to have better church so people want to come. He wants to empower people to live Christ when they leave. Because if he and she ain't have a vision for empowering people to live Christ, then we ain't accomplishing what we're really supposed to gather for. And one of the biggest challenges in today's pastoring is just trying to do better church. People are church shopping and they're trying to present the product they're looking for. And if one of those things gets out of place, they just look for another church and just look for another church. No, no, no. When they come to your church, you need to pierce them with this thing, right? Like, like if you just walked on in here today, my whole idea is you just walked in here and didn't even know what you was coming into. And I get up here and go, wow, wow, ha, woo, ha, woo. And you'd be like, <laughs> and you might not even totally want it, but you heard it. <laughs> and you get out to your car. <laughs> see, see, I have one crack at you guys and I'm taking it. I, this is my only shot. I might never see you again in my life. I may never personally look into your eyes. I got one shot. I'm taking it. <laughs> no, it's the truth. Listen, it don't take everybody living for themselves. It, it don't make you special. It makes you deceived. Unless a seed dies and falls to the ground and abides alone. It's a zero. That's why suicide is such a dreaded lie. It's one of the worst manifested deceptions that I know of. It might be number one. Why? Because people get tricked into taking what's not even theirs. Oh, it's my life. Abortion. It's my body. It's not your life. It was always designed to be his life in you. And that got separated and Jesus paid a price to get that back. But we become so self-centered. It's like my life's my own. It's my body. It's my life. I'll do with it what I want. How's that working for you? That is a lonely place. And you think you're in control. But the truth is the lie is so deep that everything around you is influencing you. So what people do make you mad. What people do make you hurt. What make you people do. You're always governed by the way life is happening. And yet you think you're in control. You always have an excuse. You always have a story. You always have a justification and self-defense, self-protecting, self-justification, and it's deception. You were never made for it. I'm telling you guys, I'm saying it strong and with passion. It's the biggest lie on the planet. It's the biggest problem in the world. It's not politics. It's not racial conflict. It's not economy. The biggest problem in the world is that every day men wake up and live for themselves when they're in fact made for the image and glory of God. And Jesus said in Matthew, if you're going to come after me, 
I need you to do something. Deny yourself. Boy, Jesus has the right to say it, don't he? Did you ever think about it? Did you think deep? I sit on my bed and think about this stuff. Jesus is God. He's the son of God. He was and is and is to come. There was nothing made that wasn't made through him. He was from the beginning. He was always with God. That's an incredible resume. And yet he said, before the foundation of the world, I'll be the lamb. I'll go inside a teenage woman. I'll sit in her womb for nine months. I'll come out. I won't take no shortcut. You gave this thing to man and man lost it. You can use man to get it back. And I just trust you. I trust you'll visit me on that earth. I trust you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit. I trust you'll speak to me and father me just like we have each other now. But I'll go. I'll go get in her womb and I'll be born of that woman. And I'll hang out for 30 years on the earth before I even preach. That's the emoji. We're talking about God. Why would he do something so intense, extreme, and dramatic? And then he's going to be totally pure, totally perfect. No men are going to, he already knows, men are going to reject him. They're going to kill him. Come on, if God put somebody on your heart standing on a street corner, he's a rough dude, shirt, big tats on him, devil faces on his tats. He's got sleeves cut. He's big and burly. And God said, go tell that man I love him. And you'd be like, that man right there? You love him? You about ready to hit your window. Jesus loves you. <laughs> he says, no, no, no. Go over and look him in the eyes and tell him I love him. Now he's going to clock you right on the jaw. He's going to whack you. As soon as you say it, he's going to nail you. And after he nails you, you know it's coming. So after he nails you, just stare him right back in the eyes and say, sir, that didn't change a thing. He really, really loves you. Most of us would say, get thee behind me, Satan. God, that wouldn't be you bringing harm to me. You wouldn't tell me to go do that if he was going to punch me. You're my protector. And you'd spiritualize it and never go talk to that man. Jesus got beat beyond description. He got beat again and again and again, and we don't understand. We've just preached this thing like a storybook sometime. We just think, okay, 39 stripes, a couple nails, and he hung on a cross, and that's incredible. Wow, that moves me. Wow, I'll believe on him. No, no, no. He got beat. He let men, he let men who were created through him, he let men that were created for an identity and a purpose, he let twisted, deceived, fallen men beat him. Pull out his beard and pummel him till Isaiah said, you couldn't recognize him that you had no idea it was him because he was marred more than any son of man ever was marred why why would Jesus do that because he sees what was lost and it wasn't just people it was a thing what was lost was God's plan God's purpose God's agenda God's intent but it wasn't lost with God it was lost with man because God didn't change. So that's why he came. And he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to model the Father. And when they see me, they'll see him. But I'm going to model the life they were created for. Because their life is him. 
and I'm going to ask them to follow me. So when they see me, they'll see him. And when they see me, they'll see what they were created for. So I'm going to model the father and model the life they were created to live and invite them in to follow me through my blood where they can get washed clean and he'll remember their sin no more. They get new life through me and they can walk in the light as I'm in the light. Now that's the gospel. And we teach a prayer that benefits me instead of a truth that transforms my life. I got to read this quick. I'm so late. Let me just read this. Since you've been raised with Christ, Colossians 3. No, it feels late to me like on a Sunday morning. I'm quick on Sunday morning. Usually I'm bam, pow, pow, and poof, and then I sit down. You're like, whoa, and now you don't even have time to quite come, and I'm done. But no, no, I'm having fun with you guys too. You know, you guys are amazing, like really. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming intense, and you guys are just sitting there like, like it was a little freaky a while ago because sometimes it's like a deliverance meeting when I'm preaching because people are like it's all different faith but when I looked you were all the same it was a little weird I looked and everybody was just I was like it looked like a movie I was like is this I just looked and everybody was just I guess that's a good thing we'll just think it's a good thing since you were stop since you were, I know it was my fault since you were raised with Christ uh oh since you were raised with Christ that word if if you have if in your Bible it's not a challenge he's not saying if you were really raised with Christ no he's, it's a little Greek word it just means since since you were raised with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God do you ever hear we're in the world we're not of the world Come out from among them and be ye separate. Right? That you were delivered from the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Yeah? Woo! It all means something. So you set your mind. Okay. Set your mind. It's a warning. This is exhortation on the things above, not the things on the earth. Why? Because your mind has a tendency, well, what about me? Well, how I feel? Well, look what I'm going through. Well, look. And all of a sudden, you get tricked into this self-centered thing, and you think you're using faith. And everything about your day is, oh, the devil trying to do that, trying to get in my way. All of a sudden, you're using faith for parking lot and convenience and stuff. And, and, and you're just using faith. Like, you think everything is an assignment against you. It's such a self centered deception it's a demon war against the kingdom of God you know sometimes you just don't have a parking spot it doesn't mean you ain't in faith it just means there's a lot of people in the store and you got there later than them and you probably ought to just go park back there a little bit and walk up that parking lot and when you pass somebody tell them Jesus loves them and pray for somebody on the way but don't just keep driving around a lot praying in tongues and then when somebody pulls out in the front, call it favor. <laughs> I'm messing with y'all right now. Is it all right if I mess with you? I'm, I'm, I'm going to get on a plane and fly home. You can deal with me for a little. All right? I got one crack at you, man. One crack. Uh-oh. Verse 3 gets even better. For you died. Wait a minute. I, whoa, what? I died? I just prayed a prayer to go to heaven, bud. That preacher said to me, if I die tonight and don't know where I'm going, I said, well, that would be me. Then you just need to pray this prayer and you'll be good, you know. That's what I did, buddy. No, 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 you died. You died what? You died to yourself? You died to sin once and for all? 
so that you can live under God. It's Romans 6. You died to sin. It's identity. It's mentality. It's stain. It's sting. It's impulse. See? Nobody taught me this stuff until I started reading the Word. You died. That's what water baptism is. Y'all been water baptized? If you ain't never been water baptized, you better get water baptized. Don't wait till I do it because you know what I do? I hold you under till every bubble stops. No. I got faith. I don't care how big you are. The anointing of God will come on me. I'll hold you down with one fingertip. Spirit of God, you ain't coming up. I'll hold you down. 40 seconds after the last convulsion, I got you. And then I pull you up. <gasps> New life through Jesus Christ. And you know what? If you don't go, <gasps> at least I know where you went. So we're good. We're good. Water baptism, symbolic, death, burial, resurrection. You die in the likeness of his death. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. The life he lives, he lives unto God. You likewise, Romans 6, 11, reckon yourself dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus. So it ain't just about dying, it's about living. So you go into water baptism, everything I've ever done, everything ever done against me, I'm done looking back, I'm not Lot's wife, I'm your bride, and I'm going under, and I'm going to die to everything that's ever happened, I'm coming up, Holy Spirit, you're coming into me to give definition, clarity, and form, and I'm going to walk this thing out and run this race till the day you take me with you in, in heaven. And you go, and you die in the likeness of his death. And even as Jesus was raised by the glory of the Father, so shall you be raised in a newness of life. You get it? You died. You did not just pray a prayer to go to heaven or you were misinformed. You died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you're going to appear with him in glory. See? People that get mad at me, people that resist and fight me, they're going to look one day when Jesus appears and I'm over there going. <laughs> Scripture says they're going to give glory to God for your sake, the people that persecuted. The people that were, yeah. They're going to give glory to God for your sake. You're going to be over there. When Christ who is appeared, who appears, who is your life appears, you're going to appear with him. Therefore, therefore, because this is true, put to death. He doesn't say moderate, lessen, find a healthy balance. Put to death your members which are on the earth. Guess what the first thing on the list always is, on every flesh list in your Bible? Corinthians, Thessalonians, Romans, Right here, every Galatians, every flesh list on your Bible, sexuality is the number one thing on the list. Why? There's not one topic more exploited on the earth than sexuality. There's not even a close second. Why? Because it deals with sensuality and it draws men by his emotions, women by their emotions. It's sensual. And that's flesh. That's not spirit. So the number one counterfeit, you don't counterfeit one dollar bills. They counterfeit the big boys. They screen in your hundreds. They draw in the little. They check in your hundreds. If there wasn't a pot of gold at the end of this topic and something very valuable in your creative value, it wouldn't be so focused on and counterfeited like it is. And we're selling cheap and buying into something that never was intended. Something that serves our flesh, meets our needs, and fills our emotions. And what was holy and what was covenant 
has even turned into one night stands and trying to make it happen on a date. You put to death your members which are on earth. He didn't say find a healthy balance. He said you kill it as you know it. Fornication. That's any sexual activity outside the covenant of marriage. You kill it. Fornication. Passion. Evil desire. Come on, it's in your Bible. I'm going to teach you how to do it too. I'm not going to leave you with you need to do this and not tell you how to do it. Uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness. It's all idolatry. It's all idolatry. It's all making something matter more than what matters most. That's idolatry. Making something matter more than what matters most. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming to the sons of disobedience. That means the ones that have taken sonship and disobeying and they've not repented and they won't change. In which you yourself once walked. That's what keeps us humble. That's why we're not self-righteous. That's why we don't judge people. Why? Because we were saved from this place. And we know what it was like to live there. But now we see the truth that's made us free. So now we have compassion for people that live there because they're deceived. And forgive them, Father. They don't know what they do. We're not arrogant. We're not religious. We're not self-righteous. We're not attacking them and just calling them evil. There was a time we were the same. And he delivered us. And we once walked and lived there. So now we should have compassion on people that are stuck there. They say, oh, they just such a... No, they need Jesus. They need saved. They need delivered. Rather than you get irritated by them, why don't you pray for them and love them? People say, well, Jesus wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. No, you wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. He's been waiting to touch him through you. Oh, that's strong. In which you yourselves once walked when you lived that way. But now, but now, but right now. Uh oh, you ready? But right now, you yourselves are to put off these things anger, wrath. Look, the only reason a man can be angry is because somebody ain't agreeing with him, and that matters to the point of anger. He needs to be right. He wants agreement. He wants somebody to go with the flow of his desire. And now he's angry because he's violated because he ain't getting what he wants. The only reason people have schisms and arguments and fights. The only reason there's tension in marriage is because self-centeredness still lives. We call that normal, the tension. We say, oh yeah, brother, everybody has their moments. No, that's why you have yours. You have a grid for it. You believe it's normal. And if somebody don't teach this like intensely, what? We'll never even have a conviction. We'll just think it's normal so we can't repent for what we don't see. Watch. Your will be done on as it is in We always take that and translate it into healing. Because of the binding and loosening, we say, okay, we say, no cancer in heaven, no cancer on the earth. And it gives us faith to believe for healing. It's true. It's real. But it's the only thing we ever do. We always use the power of God. Your will be done on earth. And we always talk about the power of God. What about the heart of God? Your will be done on, as it is in, the kingdom of God is here. Is there any animosity in heaven? Backbiting, bickering, self-righteousness, pride, anger, frustration, offense, unforgiveness. Your will be where? As it is in? I bet he's talking about the heart of God. And I bet you the power of God flows through the heart of God. I bet you we go for the stuff and miss him. Oh, wow. Well, I just need a healing. No, you need him. You need relationship. You need to know His love. I understand you need healing. I get it. I'm not being mean. But you need Him. You can get a healing and be impersonal. There was lepers that got healed and never even went back. Didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. 
Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another. Why? Why, brother? Because you put off that old man. The only reason you're going to lie is because you're saving face. The only reason you're going to lie is you're looking for false attention. The only reason you're going to lie is because it has something to do with you, self. Don't lie to one another. You've put off the old man and his deeds. And guess what you're supposed to have done? You say, well, nobody ever... I'm telling you right now you put on the new man who's he uh oh he's renewed in knowledge in agreement with or according to the very image of the one who created him let us make man in our what's the gospel all about what's the cross all about a restoration back to the image so once again God can live in man why Jesus get beat beyond description? Why Jesus get pummeled be, beyond description to where when you saw him, you couldn't tell who he was? Because when sin got done with Adam in the garden, he looked nothing like he was. So Jesus came and gave up his visage, his identity, his appearance to pay the price for us to put Christ on and get our identity back. Are you with me? Now watch this. You're going to put on the new man He's in agreement with the image. Look at verse 12, because this is the new man, because he says, put on, therefore put on, as, as beloved, holy, elect of God, and holy and beloved. That doesn't sound like sinners. That sounds like people accepted by God. Elect of God, holy and beloved. Don't, anybody, don't let anybody talk you in to an identity of sin. Well, yeah, but brother, we're always going to sin. Nobody's perfect. Stop. We shouldn't even be talking that. If we understood the gospel, we'd take that language right out of our mouth. How can I boast in my ability to sin and call it humility when I'm directing myself dead to it? It's a false humility. It's words that are based on our own experience and it subverts grace and power and God changing us. What are you saying? You're perfect, brother? See, that's all people are geared to hear. That's the devil, I'm telling you. He's creeped into the church and you can't even preach righteousness without men's minds going pew and saying what you're not saying. And that's deception. So they ain't listening to hear, they're listening to disagree. That's how they could crucify the truth himself for his words. Man. Look, here's the image. Would you do something with me? I'm going to read it. I, I'm going to read it. I know you're following along. I know it's up there on the board. Would you do something with me? Would you just close your eyes for a minute? And I'm just going to close with this. I said enough. I'm late. Would you just close your eyes and let this be the, let this be the altar call, man. We're going to put to death all these things of the flesh and here's what he said because you've put off the old man now you've got to put on the new man who's the new man he's renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him so you therefore just close your eyes don't be distracted I want you to receive this I want you to yield to this therefore you as the elect of God holy and beloved would you put on tender mercies kindness Humility, meekness, long-suffering. Would you bear with one another and forgive one another? And if anyone has a complaint against anyone, even as Christ forgave you, would you forgive? And above all these things, would you put on love? Because it is the bond of perfection. Father, I thank you 
that you're moving in our lives in such a way. I thank you that you're making a foundation so rock solid that it's built in Christ. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. Let every person, every soul, every person that had the faith to come here today, no matter how they got here or why they came, would you let them, would you let them not be not able to hear this word? But would you let this word bring a conviction, bring an awareness, and most of all, bring a desire? To believe, and not only believe, but receive everything you paid for by the best we understand, surrendering everything we became through Adam. Father, I'm asking for that grace, and I thank you for in this house. You can keep playing soft if you want. I want to I tell you how to become love. It's the easiest thing. Okay, you can look up at me now. Listen, this is, this is important. It's one thing for me to tell you what we're called to be and created to be and what we're called not to be. But to tell you how to get there is important. You say, well, because this ain't a message. You're just going to be all stirred up and say, okay, I'm going to do it. And you're just going to walk out the room and say, okay, I got it. No, no, you become it. You become it. If you're trying to do it, it can even be a put on. You be all messed up, motives all spinning, and then you're just trying to do the right thing. No, 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 you become it. Here's how you become it. You get alone in your secret place where nobody's looking. It could be your car. It could be a walk in the woods. It could be just sitting on a bench in a park. It could be just, it could just be just you. It's just you. You can be in a bathroom. You can just, just you in the secret place alone. And you're aware of things in your life or any kind of self-centered or you just don't even want it in your life. And you, you put off that list. Man, I don't want sexual dysfunction. I don't want sexual appetite and desire. See, I was 11. I found a pornography magazine on the railroad track by the loading dock of the brickyard. And it was closed on a Sunday. So I sat on the brick dock because it was closed. And I read the whole porn magazine at 11 years old. And that was my education. And, and everything that was in me and Adam just raged in me. And now I had knowledge to couple with potential. And it was twisted. And then locker rooms and stuff and things and stuff. And when I got saved, the first thing that I thought about when I woke up in the morning, I was praying in tongues. Nobody laid hands on me. You can't talk me out of this thing. I woke up in my bedroom praying in tongues. You say, well, that was the devil. You need a revelation. The Spirit of God was on me and He was ministering to me. And here's what I was aware of. My dysfunction of my sexual identity and my sex drive. And, and all of a sudden I realized there's preachers who say, God gave you a sex drive. No, Adam gave you a sex drive. When you get new life through Jesus Christ, you put off all things that are old. And behold, how many things? How many things become new? All. Yeah, oh, I got to see scriptures solid. But we got to believe it. So here's what I said. I said, Lord, you couldn't have made me this way. It's driven by need. It's at the expense of someone. Someone has to fulfill it. it it's going to cost somebody. You say, well, no, it don't cost nobody because we, we're in marriage. We love. We give ourselves freely. Your body's not your own. It ain't always like that. Get real with me, marriages. There's times us guys, we like, we like, yeah. And there's times she just ain't, yeah. And we're like, and there's times she just says, well, I guess because I'm supposed to, because I'm his wife, I just keep him peaceful, I just keep him quiet. Oh, I'm talking. It ain't always Hollywood. But what concerns me is, 
When it ain't going our way, now we got an issue. Now you're holding out. Hey, baby, you spent three days, don't you think? And all of a sudden, the motive is always need. What would it look like if two people were fulfilled and came together in holiness, unveiled, and just loved one another? I bet you God has an original plan that's so powerful and worth so much that there was so much effort put to counterfeit it. I said, you couldn't have made me this way. It's at the cost of someone. I think I can get away with this. I feel okay. I'm going to say it. Don't, don't, don't throw me out your church. I said this in my bedroom. I said, there ain't no way Adam had an erection in the garden saying, what am I supposed to do with this so you made Eve? That's why I said in my bedroom crying. I said, a woman isn't an outlet for my urges. And you did not make a woman for that. And that's how I felt like I treated my wife for 13 years in my marriage. That's why I was convicted. After I came clean and changed, she cried and told me how sometimes she felt defiled. Sometimes she felt like a servant. Sometimes she felt like she just had to comply. And she wasn't always all that into it. And he changed me, Pastor. Because he didn't make me that way. But I wasn't afraid to be changed. And I wasn't going to covet that thing that I wanted. Because I didn't want it anymore because I saw it for what it was. It was selfish at the core. I'm going to call it love because it meets a need. But it ain't love. It's me. You put it off. You get alone in prayer. You watch what happens. You get alone. Nobody looking. Lord, I don't ever want to touch a woman wrong. I don't ever want to touch a woman in lust or need. If you're married, I don't ever want to. I want to love her like you love the church. Show me how, Holy Spirit, and convict me if anything is unholy in my desire towards my wife. I want to honor her and bring the best out in her. And I want our marriage to manifest the beauty of who you are. I am not worried about a few moments of pleasure. I want to walk in the glory of God. And I'm telling you what God will invite you into and open you up to it you'll wonder why you lived where you lived you get alone you put off father I, I give up the right to be angry frustrated nobody owes me a thing I'm waking up for one reason to shine it's your prayer life that's how you put off that's how you put on it's not works how do you put off that list in works and not run the risk of failing no 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 it's not works you're not trying to accomplish that list in faith, you're putting off that list and saying, that is not what I'm here for. You never made me for that. You never made me for self. You never made me for my own glory. You made me for yours. I put it off. And then sometimes you kneel and you're praying and then you stand up maybe and you put on, Father, I thank you that you've made me a merciful man. The way you've loved me is the way you're causing my eyes to see and love. The way you've been patient with me is truly a virtue in my life. Father, I thank you. Men will not move me in a way where I'm short, but I will, will pass the test of time and say forgive them they know not what they do and all of a sudden you're just putting on you're putting off you're putting on and here's what happens you're saved by grace through faith every time you release the faith your faith in the truth grace comes to make truth your reality and all of a sudden God empowers you to live what you believe and live what you desire so you're not self-made you're Christ-made all the glory goes to God there's no super Christian there's just believers are you with me? so I'm inviting you all in to the life of Christ to be born again and all things become new to never look back 
Never live yesterday's thing. A new day's coming him. Your life starts here. You're all invited. You're all welcome. If you've been a Christian, but you haven't been living this, okay, say, duh, I'm here. We don't need an altar call. You don't have to come up here and cry. You just say, amen, and you be sincere. And let's learn how to walk out our convictions. Because I'll tell you what, you've learned this by now. You've got to live with you. And it would be amazing if you look in the mirror and see what he sees. It'd be an amazing thing if you could look in the mirror and smile. I do it all the time. I say, hey, man. I walked by. One day I was in my house. It's true. I was praying, praying, and the Holy Spirit just had me. I had fun with it. I walked by the full length. We all got them full length mirrors. As you get older, you tend to not look at them as much and whatever. But, but it's a full length mirror right in my bedroom. I'm going out and I stopped and I said, I looked right out. I said, whoa, are you kidding me? I said, dude, you understand the gospel. Like, I see you. You're walking in righteousness. When I look in your eyes, I see the glory of God. I was looking right at me in the mirror, unashamed. It ain't vanity. It ain't boasting in me. I'm seeing Jesus. So I'm, I'm holding this conversation, and, and he's looking right back at me. And the cool thing is, if you fist bump or high-five the mirror, it'll never play you. It'll always look like you know what you're doing. You can even do some weird handshake. It's just happening in the mirror. So I'm like, dude, you get it. You know he loves you. You realize he's forgiven you. And I'm getting closer to him. And I'm, I'm like, buddy, what I see in you is amazing. I don't even know. You, you're going to have an incredible day. And I don't even know why you're standing here. Because that world out there needs what I see in you, friend. That's a whole lot better than looking in the mirror and seeing what uncle so-and-so and what your daddy did and how your mama did. And all of a sudden you're wearing something you were never made to wear and that's why you don't look good in it. It don't fit you. It's the wrong color. You put it off. And you put on that thing that was made for you. Right standing with God. And you shine. Will you shine? Amen. God bless you. Thanks for having me. Come on, y'all get something out of that? If you didn't, we're just going to ask them to start over. Uh, we might, might have to get it all again. Man, so good. A lot. <laughs> it's a lot. You guys can remain standing. We're gonna, I'm, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. But yeah, it's a, uh, man, so much in that. But so much truth. So much truth. And now we got to get hungry enough to say, man, I just, how, how do I get more of that? How do I understand that more? And it all starts within. It's this, this, this desire to know him more and a desire to just walk with him. And, and it's good stuff. And it doesn't mean that, that, that you're not dealing with something. I understand that. And we're not, we're not being insensitive to what's going on in your life and all that stuff. And, and we have, we're going to have prayer partners. So our, our prayer partners, we have two crosses at either end, guys. So, so we're going to have prayer partners at the cross. And uh, 
Um, if you need prayer today, please, please come get the come get prayed for today. I believe in that. I believe in prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that. that guess what? We have prayer partners that probably believe more than you believe. So, so guess what? When they lay hands on you and pray for you, good things can happen, y'all. Like so, so don't don't leave out of here thinking that that, that, that that's not for you. Don't. I always tell people this. Don't leave the same way you came. If you came in with something you're carrying, if you came in with something on your back, a burden or something like that, don't leave out of here the same way. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. You're here on purpose. He made this day for you. This was already written into your plan. That's what people don't understand. Like, this was here. Like, he, he brought you here today for a reason. So don't leave out of here without that. We just want to love on you, so I want to pray for you. Um, man. Every time I look at Kevin, Kevin's like, okay, I got it, Kev. You know, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Look, guys, we, we, it's such a powerful moment, and I don't want to, we do believe in worship, and I believe worshiping the Lord, we can give, and we can do that, and you guys know how to do that, and it's powerful. So we do have ways to give. If you want to give, you can give online. You can give when you leave. Um, we have people there, and we can't do what we do. We can't support the community without you giving, but I'm not going to twist your arm, and it's not about that. You're going to give freely, and if you're if you're passionate about that, you give, and, and don't feel bad if you can't get out. There's none of that. Like, this is, I want you to give cheerfully and give with that passion, the cheerful passion of that. And if you, I always say this, if you walk around, you're like, well, I can't believe I got to give money again. No, keep it. <laughs> we don't, we don't need it that way. You understand? So don't feel bad if you can't get, you keep it. You're going to give cheerfully. Um, if that's you and you want to give, then you can give. Um, there's honor in that. And, and we love that. We can't do what we do. We can't look, there's lights on because you give. That's good. You know, we have a building because you give, but we can reach a community because you give. So that's enough. I, I'm, I'm not going to tear into that. But I do love you and I do honor that. So don't think that it's not on my heart that you you guys love him enough to give to, to what he wants to do. That's huge. I'm not downplaying your giving. It's needed, but it's wonderful. We just have a family that loves to do it. So I don't have to, to, to say much about that. But man, I just want to pray real quick and I want to surrender this up to him. And man, don't leave out of here without that and, and receive everything that was just given to you and go, wow, like really take a good look in the mirror and go, how does this apply to my life? And where am I on that? Like that's a good scale right there. I mean, and just say, how can I get better? And it's little steps. How do I get better? How do, how do I do this better? Um, and, and, and when you ask him to come do that with you, man, it makes it so much easier. And you're trying to do it on your own. So, oh. so come on, Father, we love you. And we thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that we get to do this, that you chose us to do this. This isn't, you don't force us that we get to do this. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that we have this opportunity. And Lord, we, we surrender everything to you. I ask you to touch the hearts in this room, Father. I, I ask you that whatever was spoken today, let it, let it just, let that seed go in and let, let, maybe we're plowing today. Maybe we're planting today. I don't know what that is, but, but Lord, whatever it is, just let that grow. Let, let that start to, to just move in your heart. Let that, don't stop that from happening. Hmm. So come on, Holy, just touch this house, touch everybody in here. And Father, we just ask you to have your way. So we surrender it to you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Guys, I love you. I thank you. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again uh, next week and, and just come on out and, and guys, you'll, you'll hear more about everything going on. So if you're, if you're interested in all the stuff going on to help the community, you'll hear about it. We love you. God bless. See you next week.